Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. It's code red. Nancy and Jonathan are the worst couple ever. And Erica steals the show hands down here for Stranger Things season three, episode four. Let's go. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Welcome back to Stranger Things. Hopefully it is not a sauna test in here today. I'm feeling that AC, feeling pretty good, not sweating like that Billy Boy. Well, it kind of sounds weird when I say Billy Boy. I'm Roxas Stryer, guys. Back to talk Stranger Things Season 3. Possibly the best season of the show so far, but I am not here alone. I am surrounded by a panel of experts. Each of them have their very own expertise. Our sci-fi fanatic is next to me. She knows all things monsters. Yes, that's right. It's Angelica Trey. Do I have to growl? Uh, I think we ditched it. Okay, cool. I mean, you can, but unless you've been working on it. <laughs> no, not at all. Maybe speak Russian again? Strasvitya. Uh, Kardila. What's that one mean? Uh, just hello, how are you? Oh, it sounded so much more intense. Yeah, that's that's what Russian does. <laughs> well, okay. Maybe, don't you think sometimes they're just fooling us on the show and they put subtitles, but it's really not what they're saying right. at all? They're totally. saying, like, stupid say Americans, you have no idea. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's really good. That seems legit. Across the table, she hosted the OG Stranger Things after show for Netflix. It is Tiana Hobson. Hello, everybody. Happy to be back. And I am in our YouTube live chat right now, so if you're watching live... Be sure to get in there, let me know your thoughts, and maybe we'll get a shout-out. As we learned last episode, Tiana definitely <laughs> pays more attention to you guys than to us. I'm working on it. I'm trying to be better today. I actually don't mind that you like them better than us. I'm okay with the fact that you like the fans better than us, because they really are the geniuses in the crew. They are. They catch everything. Speaking of geniuses in the crew, he is not from the 80s, but he sure does love the 80s. It's Ryan Nelson. Hey guys, how you doing? Yeah, just an 80s boy living in a 2010s world. I don't think you can call yourself an 80s yeah, boy. Yeah, an 80s kid. You are an <laughs> 80s aficionado. You know all things 80s, but are you an 80s boy? Maybe I traveled in time, and I'm here with you guys. So I get that fresh perspective from this panel. <laughs> that just okay. gave me so many thoughts. And I, <laughs> I do feel like you're here. This is the doppelganger him, the 2000s doppelganger him. We had a lot go on in this episode. I think, for me, it was probably the best one yet. Uh, and we're going to cover all of that stuff, including Nancy and John being the legitimate worst. I can't say it enough times. I can't wait to hear you guys thoughts about it, though. Then we got our ice cream crew we're going to talk about, and everybody was kind of scheming this episode, but don't forget we also have our amazing segment, That's So 80s, where Ryan gives you all the 80s references that went right over my head, and Angelica's (laughs) going to bring us news and gossip. We got a good one today? Yes. Very good one. She raised her eyebrows on that. Oh, Oh, excited. So we're definitely going to break it all down, but before we do that, overall thoughts on Season 3, Episode 4, Angelica, how'd you feel? I, I love this episode. 
I loved it. It was, like, such a game changer. I know I said last time that it was the creepiest episode yet, but I think this one has topped it. It's gotten creepier and creepier. I don't know where we're going to end up on that final episode. It's just going to be all out just creepiness. I'm going to have, like, goosebumps the entire time. But this episode was great. We got some detective work. We got some mother and daughter heart-to-hearts and things like that. And, um, yeah, overall, I, I loved it. It is taking everything inside me not to just binge this whole thing. Yeah. Right. Yes. Like, this is the most self-control I've ever had in my life, and that is for you guys, so <laughs> be appreciative, okay? I don't know why I just said that. Tiana, what about you? How'd you feel? You can't spell America without Erica, and I never want to see an episode of Stranger Things without Erica in it. Wow. Boom. wow. I said it. I went there. I'm nice. sassy with it, just like her. Very And similarly. I'm living through Erica. Yes. America 2020. Or Erica. Erica 2020. But America with Erica and America Bolt. with Erica, Erica and Bolt. America 20, well, 2020. I think we already have enough people running. I mean, that's just, true. To be honest. Ryan, We thoughts? use her, though. <laughs> this was such an impressive episode. I We had a climactic moment in this episode that rivaled the... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline finale of one i love this episode we had character moments with characters that hadn't had maybe two lines before this that were just amazing i absolutely adore this which episode. moment are you talking about talking about the mom scene with with nancy and mrs wheeler oh, i can't wait to break that down let's start with nancy because she has quite the arc this season but especially in this episode everything she's going with uh everything she's going through with her her man jonathan if we can even call him hers because he is uh, not supporting her, just like I expected. But what did you guys think about where we finally in episode four are at with their relationship? Did you see this coming, or are you kind of surprised that it came to this head? Are they broken up? I, I literally wrote that down. Like, They're did, broken up. Is that like an official? They definitely, because it kind of to me was, well, I guess we're on separate pages, but that's a breakup. That's is an that a indirect breakup, breakup? Yeah. yes. Because the way it was set up, too, he's, he's said something like, I guess we don't understand each other. And she said, yeah, like, I guess so. That's like an agreement right there that there are differences and they're fundamental. T, I totally feel you. I'm unclear if it's a breakup. (laughs) Well, I just need clear definition. Like, I I, I like a clean breakup. I like, hey, (laughs) we are done. We're never getting past this hurdle. I'm seeing this as a hurdle of, yes, this is something that we're coming to a pass of we have this difference in our lives. Our situations growing up were very, very different. She did have a sheltered life. He's been on the streets, so losing a job like this is more significant to him. But is it something that they couldn't talk about when they've both calmed down to maybe work out? Yeah, I agree, and I also don't feel like he is respecting the challenges that she is facing in the workplace by calling her, you know, you've had this cush life, you've been sheltered. That is true. She has had some allowances in her life, but that being said, is he not witnessing how she's being treated at work and how different that is from how he's being treated? Because if if so, he's blind. Because it's so apparent in everything she does, from bringing the coffee to him actually getting to do the work in the in the dark room to how they talk to her when she's trying to solve these cases. I mean, there's it should never be in a relationship a battle of who has it worse. A battle of wills. Yeah, she obviously she's a little more privileged. 
and she's higher class than him, but she also has to put up with all this horrible sexist guys that who she works with, and he has not been there for her in these three the three episodes before this. We yeah. there were yeah. specific examples of her of him just not being on the same page as her. She's had to convince him to go pursue stories. He just was not there for her, and I think. You know, if that's a coworker, maybe it's a different conversation, but when you're in a relationship, you gotta be there for your partner. I agree, and going back to if they are together or apart, I think that this shows anybody who wants to date, I'm sorry, I know this sounds like first grade, ask the person to be your girlfriend or boyfriend, and when you break up, I think you have to say the words, we are broken up. Because this is a lack of communication. Again, they could be on a separate page right now. This is Ross and Rachel all over again. We were on a break. (laughs) But were they? Because what they actually say is, we don't get each other anymore. We're not seeing eye to eye. But what's that next? I mean, I don't know what that next bit was that next moment yeah i mean the chat has some opinions on it too um langley neely says nah that's a spat it's a max and lucas breakup in my opinion Mm. and ringy says it felt more like a break than a breakup at least to me so we were on a break we were on a break now obviously you guys know i would like it to be a breakup (laughs) yes you would desperately i was thinking of you the whole time i was like roxy's Roxy's calling that she's loving this right now they're the worst couple on the show I'm not getting it. I don't know about worst couple, but this was definitely a major bump in the road. And he is in the doghouse. He's got to be the one that repairs this or completely separates it. Well, if this is one of those issues that keeps coming up, then yeah, you're probably going to have to face a legitimate breakup. It's one of those things where it's like you have those conversations and you realize where do we go from here? There is nowhere we can go if we can't talk this out. And this fight comes because they got fired. They got fired because they were pursuing a case that they were not supposed to be pursuing, which obviously is more Nancy's fault, and she's not respectful of the fact that Jonathan needs this job. But I am so happy that she did this, because this might be my favorite part of Stranger Things right now. The whole Doris situation is mind-blowing to me. What's actually happening here? And why is she linked to... Other people that are going through this, like Billy, or is it the Heat, or... Well, I mean, we saw the rat turn into a piece of the Mind Flayer, Mm -hmm. so, I mean, and then from what we saw, to fast forward to the end of the episode, what we saw there is that more people are affected than we initially thought, as we were only thinking Billy, Heather, and Heather's parents, but it's clearly more people, so maybe... That rat, when it exploded, it's still in that house. It could have gotten a hold of her and a hold of her face and done the face-sucking thing. So she's clearly part of this mind flayer-ness happening now. But if the rat did this to her face and did this to Tom's face and did this to Billy's face and Heather's face, why is it only Doris who is like this? Maybe she was one of the first affected. She was also... She's also... diagnosed schizophrenic. schizophrenic so maybe because maybe I mean I don't know if that's true or not but that's what they're saying she is at least Tom is so and they've alluded to that in previous episodes that she's alone and crazy so maybe people's state of mind have something to do with it when well, she well. goes back to that hospital at the end uh, and she looks at the report I think she finds out whether or not she is indeed schizophrenic or not. But that might not matter because when we have her just have that full-on flare out and you see the black veins coming out of her neck and everything, I think 
that's just out the window at that point. She has definitely <laughs> been affected by the mind floor. Angelica, right. what do you think? I, I think Doris is a little bit of a different case here, right? Because we saw, you know, people get, essentially in the beginning, we saw, you know, Heather's parents and things like that. Everyone got sort of, uh, I don't, for lack of better terms, like face hugged by the main monster. They sat on their faces. Basically, <laughs> kind of. Their hands. Sure. Yeah. And uh, PG, going along with Roxy. that, when, when mm-hmm. we saw the rat in Doris's house, turn into the mush, come out of the cage. It looked straight up like a face hugger. And so I'm thinking maybe some of these rats they did on their way maybe back to the main monster here, maybe they did face hug them and it's a little bit of a different situation and those people that were not face hugged by the main monster are now sort of zombie-like. You know, they are taking on what the rats were previously and they are going back to the the main I don't know, spot, like they're getting called back there. It's just confusing to me, though, why Billy is not eating fertilizer and why Mrs. Driscoll is. I think, like, there's there's the zombies and then there are, like, the servant messengers. And you think that Billy is servant messenger, Driscoll Billy. is zombie? zombie? Yes. Hmm. Okay. Definitely a separation of, like, a host body mm-hmm. for this and then the the... Mindless, the, the mindless drum. army. It's the army of the dead. Uh, did you guys all giggle every time they kept saying we need a host? They need a host. <laughs> I was like, well, you've got four amazing hosts right here at Afterbuzz TV. But um, was that my but best I'm, joke yet? Or no, worse? Um, I was, we're it. not sure. Well, yeah. Then uh, Ryan, your favorite part of this, favorite obviously, scene. with Mrs. Wheeler. Hands down. I, I didn't see this coming either because Stranger Things very rarely stops to do one of these, especially if it's not with Renona, uh, Winona Ryder. Right. Renona Ryder. <laughs> if, if it's not with her, they don't really take the time to do mother kid relationship scenes. So this hit, came out of left field and was so poignant because of that, especially for me. Uh, I I love mother daughter scenes that like really hits my right. core. T, how did you feel about this scene? I liked it a lot. Um, I thought it was great to see the mom, and you could clearly see that Mrs. Wheeler maybe didn't get to achieve everything she wanted in life before getting married and being told she had to stay home and raise kids. So she's telling her daughter, you know, like. I took it as I didn't get to do this, so you need to go out there and fight for what you believe in and like have your your moment. Okay. I, this is what transcends, I think, the 80s cliches that they tend to embrace on this show. I feel like this is the type of scene you don't get in a lot of 80s movies that you wish you did, especially with female characters. A lot of the, a lot of 80s films, you're avoiding the parents. It's your rebellious against the parents, and this is one of the few moments, and this, is, I think, is the only moment, really, in Stranger Things where we've had a child, like, completely fall apart and just embrace their their parent and, and open up to them. Like, she can't open up to Jonathan. He's not there for her, so she has to look to her mom, and that was just such a powerful scene. Like, now they're on the same level. She encourages her to go continue the case. That's another thing you don't really get in Nancy Drew, where she's doing it because she's rebelling against everyone around in her storyline. So that's what made that scene just so amazing to me. And I just didn't see it coming. You gave that actress who plays Mrs. Wheeler another chance to just crush that scene. It was awesome. Angelica, are you hoping that we see more of these mother-daughter scenes? Or do you think one is enough for the season and now we got to get to the monster stuff, Miss Sci-Fi Queen? I I think one is enough right now, but I do think that the sexism, you know, that has been happening within this world, within Hawkins, is coming to a head, and it's very, very well portrayed through Nancy's storyline here. So I think 
we don't need too many more of these sprinkled, you know, maybe a little bit throughout the next episodes, but, you know, a main scene, I think that one really hit hard, and I think because it was such a solo scene, it hit even harder. I agree. Nancy and John were not the only ones on a mission in this episode, though. We got the ice cream gang, and they are seeking answers right now. So Steve, Robin, and Dustin have to figure out what is going on. We try to put Dustin in an event, ultimately, but no matter how few bones he actually has, he just can't get shoved in there. I really thought we were going to have a scene where he was stuck. <laughs> yeah. I was he waiting was for kind that. of stuck, but, you know. Really, I mean, he was... He was stuck, couldn't go in, but he wasn't stuck, couldn't come out. Yeah. <laughs> but leave it to Tiana's favorite character, Erica, to come save the day. T, do you think she bargained well in this to her full ability? So I think she did a great job. The only problem I foresee for her... Give it to me. ...is that Steve and Robin are going to work at this ice cream place for the rest of her life. Yeah, she didn't think about the So future. she didn't think about the future. So you have to have a written contract of some Aww. sort with, like, a letterhead from the company to ensure that, like, or some sort of a laminated little, like, free ice cream for life coupon code thing. Capitalism. Yeah, because, I mean, right now you have it until these two are no longer there. And, yes. I mean, I'm saying I hope that they're not still there. <laughs> maybe they'll, they'll you know, be able to own it in the future. Yeah, maybe they'll okay? become owners or yeah, something. That's, that's the only thing I saw wrong with her in a negotiation. But other than that, for a, what, 10-year-old? I think she did pretty pretty darn good. It's yeah. interesting you just mentioned her age because this is my problem with growing up and why I know that uh, I need to stay young forever. I'm watching this and what I'm feeling is, Steve, how irresponsible are you that you are bringing a child into this situation? <laughs> yes, it's funny and I love watching Erica, but you're really going to put a kid in the vent? I mean... What what are you thinking, Steve? R- Roxy, have you seen the show? Yeah, it's I was like, all you're kids in danger much. all the time. The parents aren't around. It's already the streetlights are definitely on, and not a single child was home. Have and you? I don't care if it's the '80s when the streetlights came on, you were home. Yeah, that was the rule. I feel you. I feel you, and especially <laughs> because they are getting themselves in trouble. They're in that elevator. It is dropping, and I just do not know what's going to happen. I'm nervous for them. One of them, I think, is not going to end up okay. Because I keep thinking about every past season, who's going to be the Barb or the Bob? Who's going to be... And yes, Billy and Heather have kind of been taken, for lack of a better word, but... Barb, Bob, Billy. Billy. Yeah, but Billy... Billy's wow. Billy's gone <laughs> evil, but I mean, who's going to be the... Tri- if Billy dies, I don't think anybody's mourning that. I don't think we're sitting Maybe there like, not. Billy! <laughs> what if Robin? That's what I'm thinking. That's yeah. what I said. Steve, Robin, Dustin, Erica want to use in trouble, don't. and I don't think we're killing the little kid. No, no, and no Steve kid. Steve and Dustin yeah. are on a longer contract, so Robin, <laughs> you don't might be that. in trouble. Just don't just that. talking, you know, business-wise. Mm. <laughs> business-wise? <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I definitely agree with that. I think Robin, she's amazing so far, and she's been great. But, you know, I think if something's going to happen, I it's feel it with her. her. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Joyce and Hopper, because not only is something might something happen, but something's already happened with them. Hopper had the living crapola kicked out of him, uh, and when he wakes up, he is Nikki. Nikki. Uh, talk to me, because I don't understand. Why are his clothes soaking wet? Why is he naked? Right. What? Those were your first questions? <laughs> yes. 
Because mine was, did Joyce take a peek at what's underneath the covers? Well, why is he naked is that question. Oh, okay. It's the same question. She got him naked and, and soaked his clothes? Soaked no, what? I think it was a torrential downpour when they went to the thing and for her to get oh, him okay. out of there, which, how did Joyce carry him out of there? He-Man strength or something. <laughs> um, she had to get him to the car. Why didn't she put his clothes in the dryer? I mean, they're in the woods at Hopper's house. Does he have a dryer? I feel like he probably has one of those little clothes lines. <laughs> yeah, he's got a clothesline out back. Completely <laughs> naked was a little odd. It, like, give him... He, if we're at his place, clothe him. Clothe him. He has clothes there. I think that was a little... I, I, I bet she snuck a peek. But at the same time, she, she helped him out. She brought him home. And she nursed him back to health, which is also one of the most romantic things you can do. Yeah. yeah and he's obviously down. And he wants her to be a part of his crew now. He asked her to be a cop. And now she is. That's how that works, right? Yeah, that's totally all you need to do. Well, it doesn't look like it affected the relationship too much, at least. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Uh, I was not expecting this. I feel like so many times this episode, I was not expecting. I really wasn't expecting a lot this episode, but I was definitely not uh, thinking that Hopper was going to now brutally beat the mayor up. I mean, he he yeah. punches him in the face twice. He almost severs one of his fingers, and I believe he was actually going to do this. This is a new Hopper we're seeing. Are we worried about the direction that his character has taken, and if he might go too far? He's had it. Yeah. I think he's just, he's done so putting up yes? with... I think that's a yes. <laughs> I think he, he, the tensions are escalating quickly with him, but I think that also is a testament to the show. There's no fat on this show. They get right to the point. Trim the fat, I, baby. They trim the fat. There, There's no... No scenes are pointless on this show. And so right when that escalated immediately, and he starts beating him up, he threatens his job. I thought that was going to be a, okay, now he's got to figure out a way how to get to this mayor without risking his job. He doesn't care. He don't give a crap about he's it. And he over just, it. He's going to cut off his finger yeah. any second. <laughs> what was that, by the way? I think there was a cigar. Cigar. The oh. cigar clipper. Oh. clipper. That's kind of like Very a mini naive. guillotine. Yeah, really. <laughs> he had it uh, in his first scene oh, with him. He clipped the cigar. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's. I was watching that thing. That's convenient. That's <laughs> that convenient. Yeah, that a finger cutter offer in his office. It's pretty <laughs> yeah. convenient. The mayor just keeps it there. I yeah. love how the, the secretary is just helpless. She couldn't no. do a thing. <laughs> Joyce, Joyce had Hopper's back so hard and said nothing when she sees Mayor Klein is gushing blood. I was surprised with that, too, because Joyce, yes, she pushes boundaries, but she's not usually down with torture. Pulls the plug. Except when it's on her own son to get a demon out of him. Look, (laughs) Joyce is ride or die. She don't know it yet, but she's ride or die. die. (laughs) Yeah, she's Winona ride or die for Hopper. She just needs to admit it to herself. They need to fall in love, have beautiful babies. But I'm loving this dark hop right now because he's, like, angry and pissed off and just... He's a practical man. Mm-hmm. He's always been. So even from season one, you see him trying to get into this world of, you know, what is this chaos and all this monsters and stuff being real. And now by season three, he's had it up to here. Because every time he thinks he's okay, some new problem comes up and he's just fed up. And I love that because it's real. I love Dark Hop, mm-hmm. too. I like it. And Dark Hop gets to the bottom of things, including finding out that Motorcycle Man is part of the mall crew. And the mall crew is buying land because they're taking over. They've got stuff near the power plant now, which I was I was a little confused on. Does the power plant actually have to do with the power that they are using to... Uh, Make all of the the magnetized so. thing that's happening. Science, remember science. Yeah, 
Yeah, so that's why they're near the power plant? I think it's the town's power plant, and it's that area. They didn't even specifically say that warehouse, but they said there's a few properties where the power plants are, and you kind of see how far this thing goes up, that they've gotten to the mayor. It's, it's political. They never said Russian, so they're, they're not... They're not fully there yet, but they're on to them. And now they know a general area as to where this EMP power problem is. So that definitely is an answer to the magnets and everything like that. Do you guys think that the mayor is a bad guy, or do you think he's being strong-armed? Or both? Both. I think he's crooked. I think he's just crooked. T, your face just now looked like you were mad at me for even asking that question. <laughs> I was what just, just happened? I was just really seriously considering it because I hadn't thought of the fact of if he might be getting strong armed. I just conven- I just straight on was like, no, this is a bad guy. Because there's that one moment where he looks at Hopper and he's like, don't do this. Like, don't mess with these guys. They're really bad. And he does try to warn him. So yes, he's kind of a dick. And yes, they're throwing digs at each other. You like pills. You like cocaine. You like cheating on your wife. Don't give me anything about your daughter. Whatever. Like, the whole situation. But he does look at him and says, you don't want to mess with these guys. And I didn't think that was out of self-preservation. I thought that was out of protection for Hopper. But I still believe that he's a bad guy because I think he him being involved with these people just because now he realizes that they're worse than he thought he still was okay with being in the bed with bad people that's a good point about protecting Hopper I think he, he can still be a bad guy but at the end of the day he is concerned about Hopper because he does now have a daughter and has been through a lot so I think it's it can be all three. It can be he's a bad guy, he's being strong armed, and he did warn Hopper, but at the end of the day he's gotta protect himself. No, yeah. I don't think he's protecting Hopper at all. I think he's just trying to keep everything smooth and under the rug. And, and he's just like I'm having none of that. No. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, Carrie Elwes, love you, but this character is so, so sketchy. Like he's eighties I mean, evil. He's eighties evil yes. for sure. And he's just trying to get Hopper to calm down. Okay. Speaking of the 80s, our our kids group is so completely 80s in this. Doing everything on their own uh, and trying to figure this all out by themselves. We start with Ellen Max, who are looking at Wonder Woman comics, which just <laughs> filled my entire heart. Obviously, I'm obsessed with DC, and this was such a great moment. And I feel like uh, this was an awesome nod to how popular Wonder Woman has been for a long time, but specifically today. And it was also a dig at Green Lantern. Yeah. Because they were like, Green Lantern, Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman. Immediately, Wonder Woman. Yeah, but also they're young young women. And a lot of this show is dealing with the sexism of the time. And I think that it's cool that they have somebody to look up to. But Max seems to not fully believe what Elle is putting down. Not that she doesn't believe Elle is a person, but she she hasn't been with us as long. Are you guys getting frustrated with Max? Or do you feel like it's completely valid that she's questioning? I I was over Max last last episode and y'all was looking at me like I was crazy but I told you she needed to believe Elle and the reason she isn't is because she wasn't here for a lot of the stuff and I know and what you're she, blaming her for that I'm not blaming her it I'm saying like you I'm, are. I am blaming okay you know I take it back I am blaming her <laughs> because I don't think she's being a very supportive friend to Elle right now because every time Elle tells her something is wrong something's off she's saying no it's not it's fine look at this instead of listening to your friend and hearing her out of saying no something is not okay i'm seeing stuff that always comes true with l like she's never wrong with these visions and stuff she's she's on to something if her spidey senses are tingling you trust her i think it's because it's relation to her brother 
So when she's saying things, yeah. I've seen things with your brother, and she's so over her brother, she probably is almost always embarrassed by him as well. So she doesn't really want her friends to be aware of what he does or see what he does. So I could see her push back on that. I don't know if that speaks to her as a character as a whole. It might just be this situation. But you see a tender mm-hmm. moment, and clearly yeah. she cares about her brother. So, you know, of course you're not going to quite believe those situations and that's something that we like so much about max in this series is that she is practical practical she needs to see it to believe it and you know for us to pick and choose like oh why isn't she just blindly believe her friend right now well l has seen things she hadn't but hasn't max seen it from last season though like she's not that exact so It's like you got to start believing in this town being crooked when you literally had to fight for your life last season and you saw everything that went down. Yeah. She hasn't quite been in Hawkins as long as everyone else. Let's be honest. She (laughs) just came in from California, saw some craziness. (laughs) Speaking of seeing some craziness, Elle peeping in on her man's conversations and then using that against him. When he brings up maybe possibly getting back together, Mike admits to lying. He says, you know, I did that. I just feel like you should hear it from me. And she throws major shade his direction. Whose team are you on here? Are you Team L? And you think that even though maybe she shouldn't have peeped in on his conversation, she should not get back together with him? Or are you on Team Mike where privacy deserves uh, respect and L shouldn't have heard that in the first place and she should be back with him? Ooh, that oh, was yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you brought I up mean, like five different scenarios. Like, I got yeah. to like, What? It was two. Well, it it's felt a, like more. It's a lot going on because, <laughs> the, on the one that. hand, Mike mentioned that she's a different species in private, which was a little not cool. But, but she, isn't that kind of true? It is true. <laughs> I mean, she's modified. She's still human. <laughs> she's human she's and she has human. feelings. Modified. Yeah. Uh, he, but he, the way he was talking about it was Rude. girls are another species. That's what. He, that's how he was saying it. Mm-hmm. And but then she was peeking in on him. I think with great power comes great responsibility. And she was abusing her power there. So I'm Team Mike. Okay. Mm. Shocked. <laughs> I don't necessarily feel like I'm a team either one, but I don't think they should get back together right now. No, it's too soon. It's too soon. Let I think breathe. that it needs to breathe. I like. L being able to explore and being with someone else and another female kind of getting that perspective of life since she's been trapped with Hopper and Mike for her entire existence pretty much in Hawkins has been these two and it's not a controlling relationship but when he's the only person that she's seeing and spending that much time with it looks like a controlled environment that he gets to keep her in this like cell even though I know that's not what's happening, it just feels that way. So I like them separate right now. Angelica? Um, so definitely going along with the species remark, I think it's it's tying in the whole sexism you know, issue that is very prevalent in the season. However, obviously, I think you know privacy is very important. But on the other hand, if you did have those special powers and you know they'd been supported thus far by this group of people... You think she's not going to use them? I know. And I liken it to, it's it's really bad to break into your boyfriend's phone to check his texts unless you find out that he's cheating. 
and then he's the bad guy. Like, you're the bad guy until you find something, and then they're the bad guy. But he wasn't cheating. Uh, I know, but... <laughs> but then was, she hurt the feelings. He was really bad that she peeped in until she found something. And uh, and replace she with he or he with she, I'm saying either way, but, like, you know when, you're, you know when your friend tells you a story, and they're like, and then, I, and then I looked at his phone, and you're like, oh, girl, no, but then she found something, and it's like, so you can't even really be mad. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of how I feel here. Like she found something. <laughs> good and, point. That's a good point. He's kind of and she didn't work alone. Luck here now. It was it was Max and her together she collectively. To being like, oh, I wonder what the boys are well, up yeah, to right now. He went to her and admitted admitted that he lied. Okay, and she but wasn't she even going to tell him that, that he was that was too little, too late at yeah, that point. Like, she had given him a lot of chances. I mean, he could have okay. come clean. Yeah. Before this moment, about, okay, he Wait. was confronted head on at the mall and still lied. I have a That's segue. True. I have a segue. <laughs> Coming clean in the steam room. <laughs> hey, let's get to that steam room, y'all. No matter what lovers' quarrel is happening right now, we still have work to do. We got to get Billy hot and heavy. Uh, even though he's already a little hot, <laughs> we gotta get him in the steam right. room. Yeah. PG, yeah, PG, hot and heavy. Oh yeah, because uh, we gotta we gotta burn the sucker out of him. We gotta see the monster come through. Although I don't feel like this plan was fully realized. Because what are you guys actually? You mean that the children didn't think through the plan is, completely to make sure that they're safe from any and all circumstances yes, that could happen? That is, in fact, what I mean. Oh, because okay. they do figure out the mannequin situation and they get him in the steam room, but then I don't know why Lucas is so sure that that's going to hold. Because <laughs> have you seen these monsters before? Have you, like, you guys have been doing this for three years now. Come on. Well, you don't know if it's the monster, like, that has powers imbued through Billy or if it's just Billy's strength, right? I think it's definitely the monster. Well, it's definitely Billy. the monster if we found out. Yeah, yeah, but, but they probably yeah. don't know at that time. They still don't even know. They assume that this is what's happening, but they don't know what's going on with Billy. So they do put him in the steam room, and he breaks out and we have a full blown eleven monster fight again. I don't so know this. Yeah. Oh, oh our monster so lady loves it. Surprise, <laughs> So was this everything Amazing. you were hoping it was going to be? Yes, it, it was so it was action packed and it was also very emotional. Well, how come emotional? Eleven, like you saw her her acting is so good. Sure. Um yeah, you just see her break down, you see her build herself back up, you see her like defending I'm getting shivers right now. Yeah. You see her like <laughs> defending her friends, defending Mike, and it just it, through a fight and through those movements and her acting, it was like a thousand words were spoken. T you love this? Yeah, I loved it. I loved every moment of that fight. Um I was scared, um, especially when he got her in the like Darth Vader chokehold yeah. thing, which I just made a Star Wars reference, and I don't even watch <laughs> those movies. Go me. Um, and that was a scary moment, but it was so amazing to see, and just the standoff happening, and we're only on episode four, to see already we're having this fight. It's the final one's going to be even better. Ryan, are you concerned because she isn't using her powers as frequently now that she's going to be rusty when she ultimately needs to fight more people? Or did this fight make you feel confident that her powers remain and she is stronger every day? 
Oh, I think it's a little bit of the opposite. I think she uses her powers too frequently for things that are not necessary for them. Like and then that's going to weaken her? Peeking on boyfriends, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, maybe not weaken her, it just might distract her because there was a moment here where he threw her and he was about to take out, was it Will? Mike. Mike. He was about to take out Mike. And I, I legitimately thought Mike was going to get completely accosted and injured and she came in last second and threw him through a brick wall which is really badass yeah. but uh it, it was an awesome fight scene guys uh, one of the best i compare it to the one season one when they're in the school room and they're fighting um the demogorgon it was so cool when she having him lifted and is just it was awesome the craziest part though is when billy gets thrown through the brick wall <laughs> runs away and goes to see heather and we find out about his entire army. I'm calling it Billy's army, but Billy's just a pawn. Uh, the Mind Flayer's army that is down there and creepy AF. Yes. Uh, I I kept trying to, it was really dark. This was some Game of Thrones stuff going on here. I was trying to break my <laughs> screen. Night. Yeah, this was some long night stuff. But I couldn't recognize anybody. They're just, you know, different townspeople. But I'm wondering if there is anybody down there that we will know other than Tom and Janet and Heather and Billy. Uh, and why Billy and Heather seem to have more abilities than the rest of them. Like, they're all standing there like drones, and Billy and Heather are able to function. Well, we got confirmation that from Will that this is the same exact thing that happened to him, and that's now in Billy. Because they, they mapped it out, they said that the Mind Flare didn't go back when they closed the door. So it must have stayed in here mm-hmm. and gone to Billy. So we, I think, but what about Heather? With Heather, that's a great question. I think maybe it's an additional host. I think it's a similar situation. You gotta have a general and a what's a, what's underneath a the lieutenant, general? yeah, a corporal. Yeah, you gotta have yeah, you gotta have two people up there at least. An assistant. But, but so are we? Because also, I was a little confused, but I think I figured it out. So when. We're in the hospital. Is it underneath the mall? <laughs> it's a co-host. I was going to say a co-host. And a co-host, yes. But I'm um, all around. So when Mrs. Driscoll's in the hospital, yes. at the same time that Billy's in the sauna, and they're both, both like... They that, hang out. So that's their connection now. So it's like if you take out one, all of them can... Yes. It's a hive fall. mind. Okay. Yes. A hive mind. Because I thought she was about mind. to explode on that hospital bed like the rats. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was actually gross. really nervous <laughs> about that in the beginning of that episode, of this episode. I was like, oh, my God, she's going to explode. And I was trying to cover my eyes, <laughs> but, like, peek through my fingers. That's me for every single episode. Yeah, it's getting <laughs> crazy. Uh, but, yeah, just going along with that, I think, you know, I'm going to stand by a little bit what I said earlier with Mrs. Driscoll. Um, is that I think there are the messengers, the servants, and then there are the zombies. But why is Heather a messenger? Because she got face-sucked by the main monster. I don't know. But didn't Tom? I guess he's a messenger, too, because we see him out. He got face-sucked. Yeah, all right. Well, we're going to figure out who is a messenger and who is a zombie. Uh, Maybe we'll have more of that next episode. But we do have some awesome things to go over with you guys, including our That's So 80s segment. Ryan? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like, he points he out. He does a hair flip, too. Yes. Hair flip. Well, okay, guys. This episode had one of the biggest diehard references I had ever seen when you had Erica crawling <laughs> through the vents. Total John McLean moment there. The air ducts. That was great. Uh, just that was more of a visual reference. But Evil Dead 
once again, Evil Dead. It's been a lot of zombie references throughout this entire season. Sam Raimi. Um, so Mrs. Driscoll in that hospital bed when she's veining out. That was a complete reference to Sam Raimi's Evil Dead. Have major Evil Dead vibes. Just when a, another zombie, that's how they looked in those movies. And it was another example of someone who's not fully a zombie, but they're still kind of there. So I think that's exactly what they're doing there. The sauna test reminded me a lot of John Carpenter's The Thing, when they're testing to see who is indeed The Thing, who is not. I think that was a great reference there. Wonderful 80s movie, The Sauna Test. That was also the name of the episode. And the last one I got right here is from American Werewolf in London. So whenever Will has a sense that the uh, the Mind Flare is nearby, the hairs on the back of his neck get cold and he feels them like that <laughs> that is just like an American werewolf in London when the moon comes out he's about to turn into the werewolf he goes like this and then flares mm, yeah. out so okay. those were your that's so 80s moments okay I, I, I always call those spidey senses like I always relate it to, <laughs> to Spider-Man but that's it, interesting it yeah. is interesting yeah. on that note too how we had been talking about is there something inside him or is it a sense and when he describes it in this episode it seems more like a sense not like something literally inside him moving right so, yeah, kind of like American Werewolf in London. American Werewolf in London. Yeah. Great Check references. We also Wait. have some news and gossip from Angelica. We got news. So, <laughs> you guys, in case you haven't already heard, there is another looming threat in Hawkins. Do you guys, Can you guess what it is? It's not an immediate threat. Kermit the Frog. Capitalism. No. Yeah, okay, all right. It's smoking. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, according well, it is the 80s. Yeah, it yeah. is. If you guys haven't already heard, it's kind of a hotbed thing right now. According to a recent study, the Truth Initiative had pointed out that Stranger Things is actually one of the worst shows when it comes to depictions of smoking on screen. Yikes. I know, big yikes. Uh, two other Netflix series were actually included in this with the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt and Orange is the New Black. Um, they were also singled out, and uh, in response, Netflix has actually pledged to limit their on-screen portrayals of smoking with their youth-oriented content. Uh, unfortunately, this report came out right before the release, I believe, of season three, so clearly we see Jim <laughs> Hopper smoking a lot of cigs, but maybe not in future episodes. Who knows? Is, Who knows? Maybe he's going to quit cold turkey. Is this, when you said Stranger Things, Kimmy Schmidt, and Orange is a New Black, do we consider all three of those shows youth-oriented content? I guess so, Orange? but... Well, I, mean, I guess here here's how we're going to specify it. So according to a Netflix spokesperson, uh, Netflix strongly supports artistic expression. We also recognize that smoking is harmful and when portrayed positively on stream on stream uh, screen, sorry, can adversely influence young people. Going forward, all projects that we commission with ratings of TV 14 or below for series or PG 13 or below for films will be smoking and cigarette free, except for reasons of historical or factual accuracy. Do you think that's that falls in line with this show, though? I think this show is definitely youth oriented. I don't know about Orange Is the New Black, though. I think it's historically accurate to have all these cigarettes. Right. And I only yeah. really notice it with Topper. Yes, exactly. It's like he's smoking in the restaurant, and you're like, oh, I oh, forgot newspaper. that. Yeah, you can do that back in the 80s and, and things yeah. like that. Yeah, and I will say I think that the smoking's been down this season from previous seasons because I feel like in seasons one and two, I remember being like, yo, Mr. Wheeler's like smoking with the baby right there, something like 
I, I can't remember you. exactly, but I and remember other instances. Of and it. they yeah. made a point of saying, like, not a positive portrayal of smoking. And I think every time we've seen it, we're like, whoa, that's weird. It's not, not necessarily positive. But what do you guys think? What's strange to me is that we're still so on this when drinking is everywhere. Like, Hopper's stumbling in drunk and driving, but what we're, our issue is that he's smoking a cigarette. I'm not saying that it's not bad, because absolutely, but what? what why are we picking one and not the other? That just doesn't make sense to me. If we want to send positive messages to our kids, are we going to address the fact that he's getting belligerent and driving a car as a cop? That's a great point. I, I think the whole point with this study, at least in terms of the Truth Initiative, was just focusing on smoking, and it was also out before the season came out. I'm sure they have some other bones to pick. Yeah, maybe. It just... It, <laughs> I don't know. It's it, it, it's a little it, funky. It, some, char- some people do this. Mm-hmm. Some characters do this, and so if we want to show different kinds of characters, then... Uh, but I get with kids, and that's why, like, when Disney stopped doing this in their animated movies or their Disney, I get that. But this is this is a Netflix spooky... Anyway. I don't even <laughs> yeah. need to finish that. You guys know it's how weird. I feel. Uh, but we do have more to binge. We gotta get to episode five, because this train keeps on going. Me with the metaphors today. And Beautiful. Until, thank you. Until we do coverage for that, Angelica, where can people find you? Uh, so, the people can find me on most <laughs> platforms at A-Trey, A-Y-Y-T-R-A-E, or Instagram at Angelica Trey. You can find me at the Tiana Hobson on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you so much for all those who participated in our live chat on YouTube. A couple shout-outs to Langley, David Ibarita, C.R. Torres, and Dr. Lee, too. And you guys can find me at Ryan's Nilsson on Twitter and Instagram. Let's go episode five, guys. Yeah! <laughs> you guys can find me everywhere at Roxy Strider. You can find us at AfterBuzz TV. Thank you so much to Brianna Phipps in the booth, who also is a huge Stranger Things fan. Uh, we really appreciate you guys watching, and we'll see you for episode five very soon. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.